0: Welcome to the unclaimed a percy jackson leadership podcast where we teach you how to read and lead in today's democracy brought to you by youth activism project and mosaic i'm amina and in our last episode i told you guys that we'd be having an interview with marshall gantz however due to the upcoming election we need to switch some things around so in a minute you're going to be hearing from my co-host anika do an interview with 14 year old activist yolanda renee king granddaughter of martin luther king jr i personally heard yolanda speak at the march for our lives in washington dc four and a half years ago when I was only a senior in high school and she was only 10 years old and I thought it was one of the most inspiring moments of that event. I still even have an embarrassing snapchat video of me chanting with her at the top of my lungs. So in this interview, Yolanda continues to be inspiring as ever and shares her thoughts about what she calls innovative activism. Focusing especially on how pop culture is an untapped yet powerful vehicle for activism. Through the unclaimed, we don't want to do just a podcast. We want to create a community where people, no matter their political affiliations or life experiences, are constantly moved, inspired, and motivated to work together to make the world a better place. If you feel called to this after listening to Yolanda speak, which I'm sure you will be feeling, make sure you fill out the form on our link tree, and it's also in our show notes and we'll be in contact shortly. So now, on to the interview.
1: Thanks again Yolanda for sitting with me today. Um, it's been a while since I last saw you. How has awesome. everything been?
2: Well, I first want to start off with saying thank you so much for having me. Everything's been good. we have been getting adjusted to starting high school and overall having a fresh, and new start. So everything's been kind of good um, and time is really flying.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it's November already.
2: Right. So quick.
1: Have you been able to dedicate much time to activism, or has it just mainly been school?
2: I mean, it's been a whole lot of school now, but I'm really starting to get into some more... (coughs) I'm sorry. Some more... I have a little cold. But um, some more projects. I really want to do a lot of activism projects. I think the first few months, we're kind of adjusting to everything, but I really especially want to do stuff around the school. Um, So we'll see where it goes. So I'm slowly getting back into it. And I think I kind of took a little break. Well, rest is really important.
1: That's actually one of my questions I wanted to ask you, because I think so many activists feel burnt out today, especially young people, right? And so what are your, yeah, what are your tips for managing burnout?
2: Um, you know, it doesn't hurt to take a break. Um, I know that sometimes we want to keep going, but some days it's so emotionally exhausting. And I'm not saying, oh, take a break every day when things get hard. But if there's that one point where you need a break, um, take it. Take a break. And I think you can come in. I, I always know, and it isn't just activism, but in life, whenever I if I'm getting frustrated with something, if I get up and I kind of give it a break and then I return to it, I usually tend to be more successful because I've my mind has been able to reset and my mood is much better. So I'm able to be more productive and I'm able, and with activism, I'm able to really communicate my ideas better. So yeah, really just taking that break to really, even if it's, taking that one day, two day break, I think activism is one of those jobs and one of those things that requires a lot of breaks because it's emotionally exhaust. It's, it's really exhausting and a lot of times physically too, but overall it's really exhausting. So sometimes to so that we can focus, we need to leave it and then come back and then return to it so that we can really, be productive and accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish.
1: I needed that reminder because I feel like so many times I'm like sitting in front of my computer and I have all these tasks on my to-do list. And today I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave and take a walk. And that helped me so much. So yeah, (laughs) so it was very, very timely advice um, for me, at least. How long have you been an activist? Because you had said that your parents didn't force you into it.
2: Right. So I would say I've been doing activism for, I would say it was around, I mean, to be honest, it's always been a big part of me my whole entire life, really seeing this work being done and really being concerned about these issues. I would say when I was like three or four, I remember on the way to school, I would always ask my parents about there would be homeless people on the streets because we would go through the city where there was where there was a whole lot of homeless people there still are I always see unfortunately I always see a homeless person or mainly I usually see more than one um every day on the way home from school on or on the way to school and so I remember that whenever i would go into the city whenever i would go downtown and i would see homeless people i'd ask my parents what are we going to do about this and i just i i was very curious about why people didn't have homes and why why people don't have homes and why no one has really why there hasn't really been a lot of change in this issue and why people haven't been focusing on it and so I remember always being curious about that. And then as I got a little older, when I was seven, I remember when we went to the White House, um, we were invited by President Obama. Um, It was during the end of his term because a bust had just been installed in the Oval Office, a bust of my grandfather. And my parents were like, oh, well, we're meeting the president, so you should prepare a question. You. I think they were like, we think that it would be great for you to prepare a question and we can help you. And then I came up with this question and it was revolving around gun violence. And I asked him, what are you going to do about these guns? And I was seven at the time. And then a couple of years later, I I spoke at March for Our Lives. So I think it's always been in me I think I've always been concerned about these issues. I think it's always been a big part of me. And while my parents didn't really didn't never force me to become an activist, because I remember they used to sit me down and be like, I know this work is hard, Yolanda. You don't have to do this. Um, it's it's completely fine if you don't if you decide not to do this. But I kind of went to it myself. And I will say that them that always being around that work definitely inspired me to do the work so
1: yeah it's like how can you not be inspired right right going to the white house at such a young age that's so awesome well i'm glad you mentioned you speaking at the march for our lives because i feel like that's what a lot of people know you for and would you mind if we play a little clip of it on our podcast sure
3: my grandfather had a dream His four little children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream that enough is enough.
1: behind that
2: chant um so I remember a few years before that when I was about five I want to say we my dad participated and my dad did these would do these events and he would go around and use that chant and I remember when I was five those words I guess I was so interested in those words and they kind of mesmerized me in some ways, and so I remember I would walk around and I would repeat the words until I, until I rememberized it, and my parents were like, oh, wow, and so I remember when it was time to do that, well, actually, before March for Our Lives, I had spoken at a few other events. There were more events, I would say more local events and local, um, local events, local activities, um, and I would say that chant, and so I remember when we, when we were asked, um, we were originally going to Washington because we were supporting the Parkland students and supporting March for our Lives, and we didn't know until, it wasn't confirmed until the morning of the March that I was actually going to be speaking there, so I had, like, I want to say five, six, seven-ish. I I had several hours to prepare, so I really didn't have a long time, and so I kind of came up with those words and kind of told them to, I remember I told the speech to my mom, and I remember I just kept reciting it and reciting it and reciting it, and I remember backstage, <laughs> standing backstage, and I just kept, even though I couldn't actually really say it, I kept Lipping it and reciting it and reciting it over and over and over again. And so, then I went out and I was I was horrified. I I mean, like very scared. I remember getting a sneak peek of all the people um, from backstage, and then actually going out. And I was absolutely well. I always get horrified when I um when I speak. I get absolutely horrified.
1: My it means teeth you care.
2: Shaking. Yes. It was. I, it, yes it really did um and it was such a special experience just to see that there were 800,000 people at that event and to see that 800,000 people agreed with me is is amazing and agreed of, and and really there are so many more people who also who saw it on the news and I mean I've heard of people who even saw it who um from all around the globe so it really is it was really something that the whole world got to see, and I'm so. I think that's what encourages me to see that so many people around the world agree with what I'm saying, and and agree with many of these, um, agree with many of these ideas. And because there are so many people who oppose this, and that's what also can that it can be discouraging too to see that so many people don't agree with what you're saying and kind of want things to stay the same and really to be honest they want them to get worse and it's just it's so that can be so discouraging at times and just to see so many people supportive of this and supportive of the ideas and like-minded people that's the word I'm looking for it's so inspiring and it's what keeps me going
1: well the gun control fight in particular is really difficult because i think you know you said it correctly there are so many people that are on the same side about this issue but yet it still feels like politicians are dragging their feet i know the last time you guys were here were was to there's like the a, a pretty historic legislation passed right recently right right can you talk a little bit about that and what you see as the future and like where you see hope? Because I also remember seeing you do a CNN interview recently where you were like, what are we doing? Like, why do we keep talking about this over and over again? Where's Where's the action coming from? Do you see people being galvanized more after the recent tra- tragedies that we've had?
2: To, well, to um, answer the first part of the question, um, speaking more about the legislation, while it isn't our final goal, is still progress. And I'm really happy to see... That there is some sort of progress being done. It's better than nothing. And so, and actually, when you look at the civil rights movement, there was a lot of smaller legislation passed before you really saw the big legislation being passed. So I think that we're definitely heading in the right direction. And then, on the other hand, it seems that at the same time, we could be heading in the wrong direction because, especially with this election, um, with these elections coming up by the, by the way, if you're 18 or older and you're listening to this, please, please, please vote. It, um, a lot of people always ask how they can contribute. One of the most basic things you can do is vote and find someone with the issues who, if you want to see change and if there is, and there are people who really have ideas and really want to solve certain problems and have solutions. So please, please vote. You can start by contributing by by voting. That is one of the most important and fundamental things that you can do. Um, but to go back to what I was saying, um, I'm also hearing and I'm also seeing a lot of – it seems we're almost going backwards at the same time. There were um, – seeing Roe v. Wade being overturned was definitely a big thing. And then also seeing how a lot of the certain politicians are kind of, it seems that it's going backwards and that people who really don't want to um, change the community and, and, and they don't want to make things better, it seems that they, in some some ways it seems they are rising to power and it's really nerve wracking that so many people are taking their side. So yes, I see people being awakened, definitely speaking about issues, but then also uh, vice versa. Unfortunately, I'm seeing people who are um, going back, um, who want to go backwards and who are actually, who were originally, for instance, I I heard today um, that there was a poll, I think, I don't know if this applies to all the states, but I think specifically in Georgia, I believe it was, there. Um, it's saying that suburban women are actually, they voted more for people who have solutions, but now it seems that they're going to the other side. And so that's, concerning because that could cause us to go backwards. So I'm seeing a little bit of both. And to be honest, at this moment, I'm seeing, unfortunately, I'm seeing more of of what I don't want to see people going back to certain sides or certain people and politicians gaining, um, gaining power or being close to being elected and people who we don't really want elected because they don't really have solutions. And it seems almost as though, this is my biggest question to politicians, how come you're in office? Are you in office because you want to serve and help people or are, or are you in office because you want power? And it seems that that we're seeing more of people wanting to be there because they want the power. And so we need to find a way, which is why it's important for people to come out and vote For people who really have plans, and for people who really want to serve and help the people, we need to make sure that they have seats.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And I also feel like people who you know are good politicians or would be good politicians, they have a history of doing the work, right? Like you'll know you know who is in it for just themselves versus in it for the community. And I, what I feel like the challenge is, is when people play to fears and things like that, and then they say things that people want to hear and people get duped by that, right? Like, I feel like that's a right. big, a big problem. I would love to know more about like your theory of why you think we're going backwards.
2: Well, I or think that going... it feels that way rather. Cause
1: you said, you said mm-hmm. we can go in either direction, right? Yeah. Right.
2: Well, I feel like we're going more backwards, and you know things are constantly changing. So, especially this, I, I always say, I always believe that if we haven't seen change yet, then we haven't we haven't won yet. We have we haven't, a won yet. Things are not. <laughs> but um, I think to talk more about going backwards, things are, um constantly changing. And I don't think that if, if we haven't seen any sort of change and any sort of, um, any sort of change that we want to see, then I I don't think we've won yet. I, I don't think it's over. A lot of people think, oh, it's, it's over. They've just won, but they just, they may win a battle, but they haven't won the whole thing because, because I believe, and I know this may sound cringy, but good always wins. You can you can always look at you can always look at the evidence. And even in times where it seems like good hasn't won, that means good isn't done yet. Good isn't done doing its work. And good still has. Good still has, even if it's that extra mile, it still has that mile to run. Because unlike unlike evilness, good doesn't go away. I believe that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so so evil
1: that. evil goes away. You think evil goes away?
2: I think evil goes away. I think that even though sometimes water can be drained, there's always more water that will come. And water is what puts out the fire. And so fires can go away, I think. Yeah. And yeah, so I well, believe that good is more like water, or even if it can get drained or something, it can still, um, you know, like... In certain places, there may be good um things may drain, or water may drain. But then it rains and water comes back. And so I think that we sometimes need to have refills. And so going back to the whole politics and whether we're going forward or backwards, I think that currently, as of right now, we have a lot to do, and we need to. stay um, with it we need to stay in the game and we can't just leave now is the most important moment to actually to stay in to stay in the game and to stay involved and this is when we do the hard work and this is the hard time and so I am seeing a lot of I am seeing a lot of clap back from I'm from the 2020 elections, I think that's where most of it is coming from. And then even after, when we saw the big BLM movement over the summer, I think that a lot of, there's some people who are, there's been some clack back to that. And that always happens in activism when there's some sort of big movement, there's there's going to be some big response that may, that will, Oppose your ideas. And so that's where it's, that's where it gets tough because you have to find a way for that to not let you bring you down. So as of right now, I do feel like we're going, I do feel like we're just seeing everything that we are going, that we are, we seem, it seems to be a hard time right now. But <clears throat> it's going to get better because I'm, I'm seeing the people around I'm seeing the younger generations and I'm seeing so many people come together and they're not going to just walk away from this we're not going to just walk away from this so I think that yes it's going to be a work in progress but we're going to we're going to get it I think
1: yeah Um, I I love that metaphor of of the rain right water you can always find sources of water um that's beautiful can I share with you my theory of why we're in this moment right now, why it really feels like we can go either super backwards or we can go forwards.
2: Of course. I'm really curious to hear.
1: I, I really think it's because we have focused so much, at least folks who care about, for example, social justice, right. And the legacy of nonviolence that your grandfather really brought to this country. And eradicating, as you, as you guys say at the Drum Major Institute, the three evils, right? Racism, right. poverty, and violence. Like, that's right. that's what we want. Like, we want to get rid of that. Right. For those of us who oftentimes align ourselves with what might be seen as the progressive side of politics, I feel like we focus so much on our base, and we do this on both sides. We focus so much on our base where we're not, working with people enough on the other side to really see what are all of our shared values? Because everyone okay. everyone wants to get rid of violence and poverty, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's something that does unite both sides. But for some reason, it becomes such a partisan issue. And Roe versus Wade, like you mentioned that earlier. I really feel like, you know, what I see with with conversations about reproductive rights is that I'm pro-choice. And a lot of people on the pro-choice camp it just refuses to talk to people on the pro-life camp. But I also sympathize with people on the pro-life camp as well, because I I remember I had a moment in high school where I was like very pro choice. And I remember seeing people, I was at, uh, I had an internship at a pediatric lab and I was looking at data and I remember seeing things like, you know, this woman had five abortions. And I remember like having this moment where I'm like, I'm pro choice. And I shouldn't be judging this woman, but I am judging her right now because I feel like that's right. just a lot, you know, and that's something that I'm working through, that complexity. And I feel like right. people want to make the abortion issue a black and white issue. And that has, I feel like that's been the rhetoric for so long. And I feel like maybe the Roe versus Wade victory happened because, you know, our that base was overpowering the other side, but that maybe emboldened the other side to keep Fighting against that, right? And so we just have it. To me, it just we haven't been focusing enough on on non non violence and really bringing people together. And I feel like that's a big reason for why we're here today. What do you think?
2: Yes, I think that's definitely important. I think that really certain sides are the sides can be dividing in certain in certain ways because I think that we can all find. I think we can all find a midpoint. But I mean, I really, I hear people not even wanting to talk to people that aren't on the same political side as them. And I think that that in some ways is a big form of division because we kind of, I think a big thing that we do is we kind of think that our opinion is the right opinion. It's only our opinion that's the right opinion. And as a society, we kind of just close out other opinions or other perspectives. And so we have to find a way to communicate better. I think that both sides need to its really divide and And I think that the parties really need to figure out a way to communicate with each other. Because even when, say, for instance, when the more, because I also am more on the progressive side, or what many people call the progressive side and the liberal side. And so I think that I've even noticed that, say, when um, people on the liberal side are trying to pass certain things that, say, many Republicans agree with, Republicans say no because, oh, it's Democrats, so we can't can't be on their side. We can't really – people are going to affiliate us with them. And even though it may be the right thing to do, we just can't do it because you know that won't look good for that won't look good for our political image, and we just we can't because they're just because they're not on the, they're not on the same party as us, so we can't really work with them. When that is your colleague, and <laughs> it's like sometimes you know in work when you get partnered up with a colleague and. I know that like sometimes people you may not want to work with that colleague or whatever, but like Those at that dreaded job, group work projects. <laughs> yes, at that job or like at that project, most times like when you get assigned a project or when you're at a, when you're assigned to work on something for a job or a project at a job or pro- order project for school, any sort of group work, and you see that one person who you just you just don't like for some reason or or no you just yeah, you just don't want to work it's not even their personality you just i don't know you just have you, you just, just clash or something yes you just don't agree with them or and, and you can't just be like you can't just walk out and in the corporate world you can't just be like you can't just go to your boss and be like um i don't want to work with this person anymore <laughs> You you could not do that and so I feel like you should not be able to do that in politics just because that person has a different political side than you. Then you, that doesn't mean that, like, if you agree with that, then I feel like that you should get support. And so I think that we need to work on also working with both parties. I totally agree with that. I think that is also a big reason for why we're going backwards. And I think that it's really just people being stubborn and you're not yeah, going yeah. to lose for doing the right thing. You really absolutely. aren't going to lose ah. for doing the right thing. And if that sometimes means that that it, it, you're agreeing with people in your party, oh, my gosh, it's not the worst thing. You are not losing. You, It, it really isn't the worst. So I think people just make it sound like it's just so awful and that like you're a traitor. and you have so, But, like, you're doing the right – if you're doing the right thing – then I would choose right thing rather than personally, I would choose right thing, the right thing, rather than what's good for me or what I think is good or what the, what, what the trend is or what, say like my group, like it almost seems like, you know what politics almost seems like, it seems like high school because it's like, it really is. It seems like the Democrats are a click and the Republicans are a click. (laughs) And it's like, you can't talk to, other people because they're not in your clique. It's, it's literally what it, that's what it feels like, and so, except unlike high school, the high schoolers don't make the rules or the, and so it's not really problematic. But they're actually deciding what 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 direction our country is going to go in, and they can't talk to each other because it's a clique. And
1: that i love all your truth bombs yolanda like i'm just going to repeat back what i'm taking away from from that bit which was a like i love that comparison of government officials to like being in any other workplace like in any other you're so right like in any other workplace you can't just be like i can't work with this person like right. it and and it goes back to you know we we talk about being on different sides but ultimately we're on the same side where if you're in government, you're trying to work with one another to find out win-win solutions, right? And so right. The, I love that. I also love when you said you're just not going to lose if you do the right thing. That's absolutely right, right? Mm-hmm. And if you just put ego aside. And um, another truth bomb that I really loved um, was when we met in, back in June or it was, it was July. When when we met in July, and I loved what you said about the fact when you, when you were kind of talking about the necessity of a call to action for this generation, and then you clarified and you're like, I'm not just talking about Gen Z; I'm talking about everyone who is alive in this moment.
3: Right. And
1: I I really love that um, sentiment because I think a lot of times we do focus on Gen Z heralding this heralding this new world, I think and I really do believe Gen Z is going to take us in the right direction. But it can't we can't just rely on Gen Z.
2: I really think that everyone now can do something. And so just finding a way to do something again, if you're 18 or older, you know, one of the most you can start by voting. And so please, please, please vote. And it's one of the most, it's one of the most important and fundamental things that you can do. And then also I would say finding like-minded people, finding communities or starting a club or a group. And there are constantly always rallies around. And so finding, say on a weekend, a rally to go to with that group, you all can decorate signs. You all can talk about certain things you can do in the community. I'm really, and I've started to get really into this. All all of us, my whole family really into what I like to call innovative activism where not only are you you're finding innovative solutions so I feel like the use by using art and technology you can really solve certain solutions to certain certain issues and so I think even for instance making and making a platform some sort of app where anyone can vote and all you need is your phone you don't have to physically go into a location because it's not really accessible for everyone and the hours don't really align with everyone's schedule so just being able to go on your phone and open an app or open a website and being able to just go on and and just do it from there um, I feel like that should that would be very convenient and so I really want to see a lot of and I'm really working and thinking about more innovative ways to and creative ways and artistic ways to really solve certain solutions.
1: And yeah, in our July meeting, we talked about video games. That was one idea that yes. you were talking about.
2: Yeah. Have you thought
1: about that more?
2: I have because I think that, like, video games really influence our society. Anything media-related has an influence on our society. If we can really push out these messages, if we can really push this out – on pop culture and media, then I think that we'll definitely be seeing a big impact. So having some sort of fun video game that is not only talking about activism but is fun. People can enjoy it. So it's a win-win. You're having fun, but you're also you're also really helping to it. Um, people are also getting informed and I think that's one big solution and teaching kids. And I think that even say, for instance, of climate change, I'm seeing a lot of people are able to create um, are able to create certain technologies to resolve that issue. For instance, I saw this one kid; I think he was like 11 too. On um, on TED, he he did a TED talk about how basically he was able to design this ship that could basically take um, the trash or take yes, take a lot of the trash that we that we see in the ocean. And so I'll have to, but like, that could be a big project and really installing these boats around the world. I mean, he had a blueprint and everything. And so I'm like, what happened to that? Because that was in 2011. So what, what happened to that? How come we never got that project? How come we never got the boat? How come we don't have boats on the ocean doing that right now? And so I think that certain stuff like that, people were creating technologies and innovative solutions to really solve these problems. So yes, definitely video games. Um, I definitely want to see more, really overall, more innovative solutions and creative solutions and also using art. You know, during the BLM movement, I think a big part was where really there was a lot of art and seeing the... Creative posters and also the famous mural of George Floyd that is that is it's now really um, really well known and so really I think that mural was a really I uh, I feel like that was a really iconic part of the of the um, of the BLM movement we saw over the summer that I feel like we need to revive and bring back now and really. And really bring back all the movements. So really putting that art aspect and that solution-solving aspect, I think that's also a big and important part of activism. Well,
1: Yeah, I'd love to segue your point about innovative activism to what we're trying to do with this podcast, which is right. take the Percy Jackson series, a series that's really popular. You haven't read it yet, right?
2: I have not. I saw the film... Or one of the films.
1: which apparently is horrible.
2: Yes. Well, I heard, okay, so here's the funny (laughs) part. I heard, so the first one, well, a lot of people say the first one is bad, but apparently the second one is just absolutely awful. And I was told, don't don't watch that because just don't waste your time to watch that. But apparently the, I mean, I've heard people say the first one is okay, but I heard the films are pretty bad
1: heard well there's the disney plus movie or disney plus show that's coming out
2: yes i heard that one is going to be good
1: yeah the author is actually involved with it so um well that's a big yeah that's a big reason why we're doing this podcast because the show is coming out and it's something that a lot of gen z people like really identify with um and Mm -hmm. even like uh i think younger millennials as well and so we thought this would be a really good opportunity to connect activism to a story that people already like in a really cool way and like to your point about like the video game idea it doesn't need to be explicitly about activism like it can be something about good triumphing evil right like all of these right. stories about good triumphing evil I feel like that's that's a message about activism without being heavy-handed
2: right
1: so do you have any advice on like how we could continue? Yeah, like what are your thoughts, I guess, on what we're trying to do here and and what's your advice on how we can make it big and make people plug into it?
2: The podcast or um, activist or yeah.
1: Well, I mean all of it really, but I was asking specifically about the podcast, like this whole idea of taking popular stories that people like and connecting it to activism.
2: I think that one of the best things is um, putting it on social media, promoting it on social media, um, and I think really just making sure that it gets out there and having certain guests come and having a lot of people like you. Them, because, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so really having a lot of promotion to the podcast. I think putting it in all your platforms and websites, and also I think that's the I think that's one of the um, I think that's a good starting point. So really, just making sure that you get the message out, um, so people know where to go. And um, um and when this ep- or whenever the podcast debuts, I'll definitely promote it on um, my social media and just. I oh, we're live. Wait, we it's we live already right did now.
1: one. Yeah, like we have three episodes live already. <gasps>
2: Oh, right. Oh, I thought you meant we're live right now on the podcast. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yes, definitely keep – I think definitely keep promoting it and definitely keep talking about it. And I think that it will definitely – the word will definitely spread.
1: Awesome. Well, do you have any stories that might not – that people might not think of as activist stories? that actually have great activist messages like that are hidden beneath the surface
2: well a lot of a lot of people i don't know but like um likewise percy jackson there are a lot of stories that are related to activism and that are really talking about or expressing certain issues for instance um if you look at x-men um you'll find that actually stanley was in, was initially inspired to create X-Men because because of the civil rights movement. They were they were created around I didn't know that. That's awesome. So, yes. So yeah. um really also I think Marvel um and a lot of people enjoy reading the Marvel comics but a lot of them. A lot of it relates to civil rights movement. I, I forgot but um I need to read it again because there was a whole article about it. But certain characters represent certain um, civil rights movement. Um, certain giants in the civil rights movement. Um, one of the characters representing my grandfather, and then I need to check. But there's a whole there's a whole article on that, and so I think that a lot of people actually don't really know that Marvel is a big or Marvel has some messages about activism and is influent and was influenced. I guess still is because the X-Men series or X-Men volumes are still being written now. But when it was first created around the 60s, 70s-ish, I believe, um, that was the 60s was a big time for the civil rights movement. So, and it had, it was inspired by the civil rights movement. So there are a lot of cases where that is present in pop culture and, and a lot of stories. And so I think that also... That people are really trying to share these messages with us through pop culture and stories that we didn't really think were activist stories, but they really are.
1: I love that. I'm just still, yeah, I'm blown away by that. Um on, on the fact that the 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 X-Men were was inspired by the civil rights movement. Are any of do you have any particular favorites of these stories that you just mentioned or books that maybe we haven't even touched upon that are kind of like the you know like everything in the marvel universe or percy jackson or what have you
2: i will say i do love the marvel universe um i don't really have here's the thing about favorites i don't really it's kind of hard for me to pick favorites in certain things because i just don't believe in favoritism so <laughs> it's I it's a good value for that so I just, I just don't really have a, because I love to read. <coughs> I really enjoy, I enjoy reading, and so and I do get the chance to do it. And so I don't know if I really have a favorite series. As of
1: right what's now, a book that you'd recommend?
2: Um, I'm trying to think. There's so many books. Um, I would definitely recommend. In terms of, are you rec- are you talking? Are you referring to a, a book um, related to activism or in general? Well, I,
1: I would say like in a terms b- of act- yeah
3: yeah
2: I would say X Men because I think that's a good one. I think really that um, I really like graphic novel. I also enjoy books too, but I, I enjoy comics and graphic novels because I really enjoy seeing the art too. Mm-hmm. And so I think that reading some of the X-Men comics. And also the thing about comics is that they leave you on a cliffhanger. And so that causes you to want to see the next issue. So it's it's a really exciting thing. So I would definitely recommend reading X-Men because the art is also really cool. So if you are a fan of art, then I would recommend that one.
1: Yeah, I've never been much of a comics person, but my dad and my husband are like super into comics. So Sounds like I need to get into it. Um. So I I know we're running um, towards the end of our time. I The last question I really want to leave you with... Actually, no, I have two questions. One is, what is one thing about your grandfather's legacy that you feel like people forget and you want to remind people?
2: So I think that I, what I want to remind people about my grandfather is that it wasn't just easy. There were days where he came back frustrated. There were moments and days where he was very discouraged and a lot of people just think oh the whole time he was optimistic and and that he just wanted to stay non nonviolent but really non-violence is harder than being uh, than wanting to be violent because it's so usually it's been so programmed in our society for us when when someone say for instance when someone says something about you or when someone hurts you your first thing after being sad about it is I want to get them back I want to I want to come for them I, I want to get some revenge on them I want to do something really mean and and then in some cases you get so mad I want to do something even worse and so we're programmed to think like that and so it's so hard it's so hard to not want to think like that and so and so nonviolence is almost like changing your wiring of your brain because we've been programmed to think a certain way. And so I think a lot of people think, oh, it was just so easy for him to be nonviolent. But no, it was it was not easy. And it was not easy to keep on staying in activism. There were days where he felt discouraged. There were there were weeks, there were months when he felt discouraged in moments when he wanted to leave and when he wanted to quit. There were days when he would come back home really frustrated, really stressed. And a lot of people just think, oh, he I think a lot what a lot of people forget is that, oh, it was just so easy. It was just everything was so smooth for him. He just didn't my grandfather just didn't get upset and he didn't he, he was just always he didn't always He was always just encouraged, and he just always wanted to do the work, and he always wanted to be um, um, nonviolent. And nonviolent was very easy for him, but it's actually really hard, and it was really hard for him. And I know that my dad is. uh, My dad told me about time. My dad has told me stories about times when he's came home frustrated, and a lot of people just don't think that he gets that he got frustrated and that he got upset and that he got discouraged.
1: Yeah, I think people forget that our heroes are also human and they right. have human emotions, right? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. The last question is uh, about a call to action. We like to end every episode with a call to action. I think I know what your call to action is for anyone who's 18 and older. Do you want to repeat that one more time?
2: <laughs> <laughs> please, please vote. That is one of the most important and fundamental things you can do a lot of people are asking always ask um what what can i do how can i make change i feel like i'm not making enough change the first thing the first question is have you voted um please please vote and if you're not 18 please can please really encourage people to vote and encourage family members and the adults or older siblings or cousins or just family relatives in general to vote please please promote voting and please really get them to vote um, I think that that's a big part that people like me who aren't quite old enough who aren't quite yet old enough to vote yet that's what we can do we can really help and encourage and push people to vote and to really Because that's one of the most important things you can do. That is one of the most important contributions you can do because you are determining what path, what path we are going to go in. So please, I beg you, please vote. And probably by now, you're probably all annoyed, like, yeah, we get it, we get it. But please, I encourage you to vote. And if you are not 18, please go and encourage those around you to vote who are 18 and older.
1: Yeah. And I think you could also be election workers in a lot of states if you're at least 16. Right. So there's ways you can help out. Yeah. So go vote if you can. Encourage people to vote. Always a good message to keep hammering. Right. Well, thank you again, Yolanda. Um, I even though you're like a little bit sick, you took the time to chat with me today and I really appreciate it. I'm going to be mulling over so much of what you said and um well we're we're doing this work together so I just I'm so excited for you know whenever whenever you have the time just reach out to us we're gonna um we're gonna change the world together that's
2: I feel it yes certainly thank you so much for having me Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of The Unclaimed. I hope you guys enjoyed Yolanda's interview as much as I did.
0: If you're feeling inspired to make some change, here's another reminder to head to our show notes or link tree to sign up to join our unclaimed community to stay connected and act with people all across this country who care about saving our democracy. And make sure to tell your friends and give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the Unclaimed Pod to stay up to date on when we release episodes and additional content. Next week will be another Percy Jackson episode where we'll go through chapters five through eight of The Lightning Thief, so make sure you have your books ready. And if you're over 18 and listening to this before November 8th, listen to Yolanda and make sure you get out there and vote on Tuesday. Yay! Thanks, bye!